Every year I know we gonna go hard. We been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave it with your good luck. Only thing I will Good evening. Welcome into Lombardi's Legends Podcast. I am a Wags. Joining me as always on our live stream here this evening is my co-host Dane. And uh we're gonna be doing uh, both uh, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube as usual, but also live on IG. Dan will be joining me there momentarily. But tonight, we get to do our 53-man roster predictions for the initial 53-man roster. Um, Dane, this is both the least evergreen podcast that we're going to do all year, but also one of the most fun ones to do just because everybody likes to jump in debate who we think should be on this initial 53-man roster. Everybody gets to be play armchair GM, and we're not going to rise above the fray and pretend we're better than that. We're going to dive right in and do our 53-man roster predictions here tonight. We've got one uh, roster move in the books that uh, we put our name on about yeah. 10 days ago. So, yeah, Pat O'Donnell was released earlier today. Uh, that means Daniel Whelan. Uh, who is a friend of the show that came on earlier this summer did win that punter battle. So maybe a little bit of surprise for folks on the outside looking in coming into camp, but it became very clear as camp progressed that this was a legit battle and that Daniel Whelan, uh, I think probably established himself as having a bit of an upper hand. Uh, after that first preseason game. So uh, a lot of stuff to dive into. But, Dane, first of all, how are you doing here this evening? I'm awesome, and and I'm so excited for Daniel Whelan, man. I mean, it's it's super cool. Of course, it's exciting when it's a friend of the podcast, a great, uh, you know, young athlete, young player. But, um, you know, also just he's got a huge leg. As a Packers fan, it's so exciting to have a guy who's just booming punts, um, he talked about it on the podcast that, uh, you know, it actually the holding was a huge part of that as well. And, um, all preseason long when Anders was, uh, was, was or Anders was kicking field goals. Uh, I noticed that Daniel Whelan was, uh, was somebody that was holding on a lot of successful field goals. So, you know, we started to see that. We started to see the huge leg and we went, you know what? This young guy's got a chance. Um, so, you know, born in Ireland out to California, now punting for the Green Bay Packers. It's so damn cool. So excited for him. And I'm excited to talk about this. Rosters uh, have to be put in by 5 p.m., I believe, Central Time tomorrow, Tuesday. So um, we're doing this at the perfect time to be talking through this. Some of you will be listening on the podcast form, I think, afterwards. Um, so maybe you can just be judgmental of us and go, man, Dane and Wags really got these ones wrong. Um, but either way, it's a fun exercise, and we're excited to get into it tonight. Yeah, and Dane, if, if for those of you that are watching us live, um, either on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube, or on the IG, if you have live reactions where you think we're wrong, you can go ahead, pop those in the chat. We want to yeah. see your predictions. Let us know where you think we're crazy and we're making the wrong prediction. Dane, we're usually pretty similar. I mean, honestly, the first 35 to 40 of these are just a no-brainer so it's not super hard for the first part but this is actually a really hard exercise so folks for those of you that haven't done this on your own it's not the easiest thing to do like granted anyone can just go and make predictions but to actually 
get them right is is nobody really goes 53 for 53 we don't know what this front office is actually thinking we're not in that room obviously uh no one on the outside of the organization is so it's hard to say exactly all of the factors that are going into the evaluation process but it's not just obviously performance in the preseason i think that gets a little bit overrated it, it is it is important um but there's there's factors like age and, uh, you know, um, financial implications. Uh, those might not be the deciding factors, but, uh, when all things, uh, are equal, sometimes those are some of the things that can come into play and some of these surprise decisions can get made. So, Dane, uh, without further ado, I, I think, why don't we just dive right into this and should we start with some of the easy positions and just go from there starting on the offensive side of the ball Dane why don't you kick us off the quarterback position I think this one we should get right uh basically 100% of the time all right everybody hold your breath hold your breath I think Jordan Love's gonna make this team (laughs) Jordan Love uh, and Sean Clifford I think the Packers go with two quarterbacks um, we, we saw, we saw a lot out of Alex, uh, the third quarterback spot, but this is a Packer team that likes to carry two. I think Alex makes a practice squad, but, um, I'll put my name on that one. Easy one, I think for us. I'm curious. Do you disagree, Wags? Or are you on the same boat? Uh, no disagreement there. So I say let's just in the interest of time, keep moving forward and, uh, just sticking on the offensive side of the ball, running back positions, a, a little bit, uh, back and forth here. I'm actually surprised how many Packer beat writers I've seen are predicting Packers are going to carry three running backs on 53 man roster. They carried just two with Jones and Dylan last year, uh, rolled with several on the practice squad. Of course, Patrick Taylor was a game day call up. Uh, they used up all of his game day call ups last year. Uh, and he was a contributor on special teams and in some of those games as well. Um, so. Dean, I'm curious, uh, any deviation? Do you think Packers are going to go with two running backs? Um, obviously Wilson, uh, flashed in, in, in the preseason, but is it going to be two running backs? Um, is it going to be three? If it's a third, is it Wilson? Is it Patrick Taylor? Where do you land in your projection of the running back position? Greg, so. I actually do think the Packers go with three. Um, I, I've gone back and forth on that a little bit. And I'm going to tell you why. I First of all, I think it's three. And I think it's Patrick Taylor is the third running back that the Packers keep on their initial 53. Um, and, and, you know, you might go, you know, some, some fans out there are going to go, you know, like, you know, Emmanuel Wilson, ton of yards rushing, and he's a super talented guy. But he, here's why. Um, Patrick Taylor, really good on the offensive side of the ball and picking up the blitz. Um, he's, he's a very, very, um, trustworthy runner. Um, but special teams, um, last year, Wags, when Patrick Taylor, after he kind of ex- exhausted all the call-ups they could get, they kept him on the 53 the rest of the year. Um, they, they wanted to make sure that he could stick. So that's one reason. The second reason is all preseason long, Patrick Taylor has been on core for all of their special teams. And, and something that's no, that I noticed is he's actually playing the wing on punt coverage. And that's something that um, Tyler Davis had been playing. Tyler Davis, another core guy that went down. Um, we know that the Packers have, have kind of doubled down their interest in special teams. And I, it was noteworthy. Traditionally, the tight end plays the wing. But I noticed on punt coverage, I saw Clay Walker. I saw Lucas Van Ness on this punt cover. I saw Isaiah McDuffie on this punt cover. I saw Dan Levitt. And I saw Patrick Taylor playing the wing. 
And that to me told me, you know what? I think Patrick Taylor is going to be on this initial 53. They want to have a guy um, that they think uh, that they can trust, right? They need leaders on all phases of the game. Patrick Taylor at this stage in his career is a leader on special teams. Um, so yes, running back depth, but also because of that, if Down Levitt can potentially stick as a safety that doesn't play safety very often, Patrick Taylor, who I think can actually get some run on the offensive side, but also play special teams. The Packers are going to carry three this year. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I, great insights, Dane. Honestly, you've almost convinced me and, uh, you might end up very well end up being right because of all of those observations and reasons. Uh, I'm going to stick with two. Uh, as much as I like, uh, both of the guys, uh, that are in the primary competition for that third spot, I think it is somewhat interchangeable. Now, the question is, is, where all of those reps that Patrick Taylor was getting on special teams, does that translate over to regular season play? They didn't have everyone. Now, they played a lot more starters this preseason than they normally do. Um, but uh, was part of Patrick Taylor's contribution in the preseason on special teams because he was one of those guys that was really going out there and playing most of the games uh, versus, uh, you know, some other guys that may figure to – be a key, more key players on the offensive or defensive side of the ball didn't get as many snaps in the preseason and therefore didn't get as many special teams looks either. So you could be absolutely spot on in your observation, or it could be that they've got someone else that they have slotted for that role and they want to have Patrick Taylor ready when they do need to call him up. I think honestly, Patrick Taylor won the third running back spot. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. As much as I love what Emmanuel Wilson did in the preseason, I thought Patrick Taylor actually outperformed him in the third game as a running back um, carrying the ball. Uh, he showed a little bit more shiftiness. Um, I think he was a little bit more effective in that third game. I know what Emmanuel Wilson did, obviously, in the first game and into the second game uh, to a certain extent. Um, but that was a lot of volume. Um, and then we know what Patrick Taylor does well uh, in being able to step up and pick up the blitz. Uh, he's a good receiver out of the backfield. Uh, obviously, he knows this offense backwards and forwards. And for all of the reasons you mentioned on his special teams contributions, he just got the leg up. And I think he's going to be hard to supplant. So um, I think Patrick Taylor starts on the practice squad. He's going to get some of those call ups. And I think as there's injuries uh, throughout the season, hopefully not in any of those key positions in front of him, uh, chances are we're going to see Patrick Taylor elevated to the 53 man roster, uh, maybe permanently or several times over the course of this season. It's good. That's, I love it. And, and, you know, I'll tell you what, I think, um, we really had high hopes for Tyler Goodson going into this, uh, this off season. He, he flashed in the preseason and certainly in, in training camp hurt the shoulder. And that just, it's, it's, it's too competitive of a position group, um, not just in Green Bay, but across the league. Um, and that's where, you know, some people might say you can't let Emmanuel Wilson go and test the market, you know, basically because, but the reality is, is, um, the running back position, um, as much as we love Emmanuel, I think that a lot of teams probably have running backs they really like that they're able to, they're hoping they can sneak back on the practice squad and then get elevated. I think Emmanuel Wilson might get snaps for the Packers running the ball this year at some point. So that's, yeah. that's what's so fascinating about their role. But I think that, um, based on everything we said that, um, whether it's two or three, I think Wilson is kind of the fourth guy right now because they love what Patrick Taylor can do just holistically as a running back. He just plays the game. He's solid. And sometimes you just need a guy that's solid football player across the board. Yeah, for me, and we'll get into some of these other positions. It's just, I think you can sacrifice the risk of, of putting 
Taylor and Wilson on waivers uh, with the understanding that you've got to protect some guys at some other key positions on the roster. So slight deviation there. I don't disagree with anything you said, Dane. Um, mm-hmm. Really great insights. Uh, but let's move forward then to tight end. And uh, Dane, I'm going to lead on this one this time and I'll let you rebut. Um, I, I went with four. Uh, I think pretty clearly uh, we had uh, someone uh, go down early in, in, in Davis and, and Tyler looked like he was going to have the inside track to making this 53-man roster, not only for his special teams contributions as well, uh, but uh, in his contributions most likely as an inline tight end. So that's a big loss. So I'm going with four. I think Austin Allen ultimately makes this roster for a couple of reasons. I don't know that you want to get too cute having two rookie tight ends. Now, Musgrave looks like he's ready to go right now, so I'm fully comfortable with them out Mm -hmm. there. Um, Kraft, uh, I think, is coming along. Uh, but I'm not sure he's quite ready yet. Um, I think you can throw him out there. Uh, he did some good things in the preseason, but he looks like someone that could benefit maybe from some additional development, uh, maybe not putting him in the fire with such high expectations, particularly as a blocker. But he's definitely coming along, someone that I'm looking to see continue to develop. DeGuar obviously is going to make this roster for his role. Um, but what's interesting is, is we don't know the extent of Henry Pearson's knee injury. It doesn't sound like it's great. But uh, that said, I, I think uh, he was someone that the Packers really liked. Um, and so depending on the extent of his injury, what I think is going to happen is I, I really think Henry Pearson, even though he's technically listed as a fullback, I'm kind of grouping him in with this tight end group, uh, is going to get weighed with an injury settlement. And I do think that is, if he's healthy enough, um, it's going to be a similar track to what the Packers did with Ennis Gaines last year, mm-hmm. uh, where he was weighed with an injury settlement. Uh, he hit the open market. Uh, had to take some time, get his body right. And the Packers ended up re-signing him uh, about uh, just before halfway through the season. I would not be shocked if a similar track happened with Henry Pearson where he gets re-signed back to the practice squad sometime uh, once he is able to get back to health, uh, depending on how uh, long he's going to be out or away from football for. Um, and at that point, maybe you can be a little bit cute if you need to open up a roster spot depending on you know, if you've got an injury, if Austin Allen becomes expendable at that point. But listen, I think he's kind of an intriguing guy anyway, just because of what he can do in that inline role. Um, the only downside to Austin Allen is he's not a special teams contributor. So it's hard to carry a fourth guy uh, in the group that isn't going to be a core special teams contributor. Um, but I just don't feel fully comfortable with backers going into the season with three tight ends and two of them are rookies. Um, and all of a sudden you're an injury away from really being in a dire situation, um, especially considering uh, Deguara's injury history. He's been nicked up quite a bit over the course of his career. Um, so I, I do ultimately think Packers carry four guys at the tight end position. And this is a one where we'll, we'll uh, vary slightly. But first of all, it freaks me out sometimes. I literally have in my notes, Henry Pearson, like Ennis Gaines. And, and so, like, we're thinking the same exact thing. I, Henry Pearson's going to play for the Packers at some point this year, I think. Um, so I'm with you entirely on that. Uh, but I think that we 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 go in with two true tight ends in Musgrave and Kraft. And then, you know, Josiah DeGuara. Uh, also is kind of the tight end fullback H-back role. Um, I, I think that Austin Allen, he's an intriguing prospect, but 
for the reasons you said, um, not being able to kind of be the special teams contributor. I think he goes to the practice squad. Um, and, and I think that he's somebody that's going to get a call up early, probably in the year to get a look on some inline blocking, maybe week one, maybe week two. Um, but I think that, um, for, for the, the very literal, uh, ness of this 53 man roster, I think for, for, um, for the initial 53, we're looking at Musgrave, Kraft, Deguara, and then they're probably calling up reinforcements. I will leave crack the door though, slightly. Um, that we might not have a tight end that's on the roster right now that ends up on this roster pretty darn quick too. Um, the, the Tyler Davis injury was a huge curveball. Um, maybe casual fans would be surprised to hear that, but I think they were really leaning on Tyler this year to play a little bit more of that Mercedes Lewis role. Um, so they might be keeping their eye out potentially for maybe a tight end that's a little bit more developed and just might, you know, get caught in a deep, uh, deep, tight end group somewhere else. But for, for, for this, I'm going to say um, Musgrave, Kraft, Deguara. Uh, so we're close, but slightly different there. Yeah. Um, no, I, I could go either way on that too, Dane. And again, it just comes down to the value. I think the Packers put into the tight end position for me. And, um, they're just not as many guys at the tight end position that you can pick up right. off the street as there are running backs. And, you know, it's nothing against any of these guys. That's just kind of how this works sometimes. So, um, all right. Well, let's move then into the wide receiver position. So Dane, I have a feeling we're going to deviate on this one, uh, but I'm just going to let you kick this off this time. Uh, how many receivers do you have making the initial 53 and who are the guys that are going to make it in your mind? Um, so every single Packer writer I've seen says six or sometimes seven wide receivers. I say five and I'm going to tell you why I'm going to tell you why I say five. And I know, I know. So I've got Romeo before, before you do Dane, I'm just in shock because I had five as well, but you're going to have to go (laughs) ahead. And I I kid you not. I I mean, I had to say that before you go ahead and list the guys out. Uh, But I know it's crazy to think. Um, And I thought that we were definitely in deviate. So I'm in shock that you also had five, but I'm really interested to see who you have and your reasoning because this is getting a little bit scary here, Dan. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of nervous now. Um, Romeo, I have Watson, I have Malik Heath who just played ridiculous in camp. Uh, Jaden Reed, and then I have on Atrevious Hicks uh, as my fifth guy. Um, and 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 th- the reason I say that is much like running back. This is such a passing league now, uh, the NFL, that I promise you every single NFL team has two or three guys they're hoping to sneak on a practice squad, uh, after, after this. So I think that, um, Samari Tori, we still, I still like Samari. I think that he's a really fine football player. Um, but from year one to year two, not sure if he took the leap they were hoping for him to take. And then I think Dubose, a seventh round pick, injured fair amount of camp flashed when he got healthy here. Um, but I think that both of them have uh, ability. I think both of them are going to be prime practice squad candidates. Um, but the reasoning for this is it's a numbers game. And when I start to look around on the defensive side, it's such a, you know, you can look at your 
your position group, your wide receiver group, your running back group. But then you also have to look at how does it interact with the rest of the roster? And and it'll probably make more sense when we get done with it, when you look at it. But I think that the Packers go in with five um, with the call ups from the practice squad. They're going to carry two, maybe three practice squad wide receivers that will get the calls up early on. They're probably going to give Samari Torre some early run, DuBose some early run. There might even be um, somebody like Bonds, who I thought had a really great last week of practice, last preseason game. Flash does some special teams things well uh, as well. Um, so maybe give a couple guys looks and different interactions. But the reality is, is this Packer offense – um, week to week is not going to be playing more than four or five wide receivers, certainly not at the same time. So I think early in the year, you go in with your core five that they really, really like. And I think that the five that we have listed or I have listed is that core five. Everybody else goes to the practice squad. And then with injuries, injuries, attrition, Otherwise, other guys will probably make their way on as the season progresses, but they need a little bit more seasoning, whereas these five guys are guys that I think the Packers can win with on week one. Yeah, I, I, I can't believe it. Um, just a shout out to Shadid. Hey, Shadid, how you doing on our Facebook chat? He had the same five that you did, and that's the same five I had as well. Wow. Um, so Dana, I'm, I'm really, really surprised. I think, you know, I don't have a lot to add because you had some, some really good thoughts there on wide receiver. Couldn't agree with you more. You look at the turnover the Packers have had at the end of the wide receiver position over the last two, three seasons. And there's always guys that you can go out there and get at the wide receiver position. It's like kind of the opposite of, of the tight end uh, position when you're looking around the league at, at guys that you can go out there and get. Um, and I, I couldn't agree with you more as far as, uh, you know, we always like our own guys the best, but uh, every team has a bunch of guys, young guys that they really like that are battling to, to make that last spot or two in the wide receiver group. And so it's, it's really unlikely that you end up seeing all that much turnover where another team goes and poaches one of these guys. Um, Toure, I think the writing is on the wall. I mean, now maybe he ends up making, it's not going to be a shock if he makes this, this mm -hmm. roster, Dane, but the fact that they were really running him out there and giving him as many looks uh, as a return man as yes. they could. And, um, you know, I, I think I'm sure they like what they see in him. Uh, they had high hopes that he would make that jump coming into camp here in his second season. Didn't quite do it as a wide receiver. Um, now, maybe there's reasons for that, but um, I, I, I think they – probably look at Toure as someone, I, th I believe he's 26 years old. Uh, so it wouldn't be too much of a surprise if they go with a younger guy with all things being equal. And then DuBose, um, yeah, he was a draft pick, but the third to last pick in the draft. Uh, and I, I don't think there's enough tape on him that other teams are going to go out there and snap him up at this point. Exactly. Uh, so I think you can sneak him onto the practice squad as well. And not to mention uh, a guy like Bo Melton, um, Jadakus Bonds, as you said, those are guys that the Packers can have gone out um, Mountain last year in the middle of the season and picked him up off the street as well. Uh, he was released by Seattle uh, in the middle of the season last year. So there's going to be movement. Um, Packers will be scouting uh, that position. And I, I think uh, there's there's room potentially to bring on and add depth to that position group if they really need to over the course of the season. I can't believe we had the same five guys. That's I'm, that's honestly eerie um, a little bit. I thought I was going to come in with five and you were going to call me like 
uh, off my rocker. So that's pretty mm-hmm. funny. I thought I was going to say five and you were going to come in with seven or something like that. <laughs> and, you know, go, go figure. But Dane, let's move into the offensive line group. Yeah. And, um, so I want to hear you th- first. I went first with the wideouts. So yeah. Got, I was really going back and forth on this one. And to me, it's, this is really tough because it is it, this, it, this offensive line has a chance legitimately to be a top three offensive line in the league, uh, I think is what we're seeing. Um, there's a, amazing depth in some respects. And then in other respects, there's not the, the most depth uh, when you look at the interior of the offensive line in, in particular. Um, the versatility that they have is such a value for this team that I could see them going with nine. I could see them going with 10. Um, cause you look at a, a guy like Zach Tom can legit play all five positions. Elton Jenkins can legit play all five positions. Now, do they want to move those guys around? No. I think ideally they want them settled in to the positions that they look to be locked in now, uh, at left guard and right tackle. Uh, but that being said, if they have an injury, underperformance, whatever, um, you know, either one of those guys could pop in to center. Uh, Tom could come in to center or guard. Um, and now we've got some nice depth at tackle with Rashid Walker. Uh, Yash Nyman uh, is being mentioned as a potential trade ship. But ultimately, Dane, I don't think you want to be too cute. I remember last year when we did this prediction, you said, I don't want to be too cute with offensive line and trade away a guy that can help this team this year. Uh, and I think that ultimately might be where they land with Yash Nyman, unless they feel Caleb Jones can come in and fulfill that, you know, backup to the backup of the swing tackle role, uh, that it appears that Walker has come in and, and maybe got, gotten a step ahead of Yash Nyman now. Uh, if they feel Caleb Jones can fill that role, maybe now Yash Nyman becomes expendable in a trade. Uh, but, uh, Caleb Jones was hurt coming into uh, camp and he did return late in preseason. Um, so I don't know how comfortable they are and where he is at right now. Um, so that's going to be a key question for me, but Dane, um, I landed with 10 at offensive line and that might be a little heavy. They usually they carry nine. Um, my concern is with Bakhtiari. It seems like he's still going to be this week to week status this year. Um, so just brace yourselves, folks, for potentially being a little bit frustrated with is David playing or David not. Um, so with that out there, I, I think you have to be conscious of keeping a minimum of both those, uh, uh tackles and in, in, in Nyman and in, um, and of course, um, I'm sorry, um, <laughs> Walker. Uh, so I think both of those guys end up being on the roster. I think Caleb Jones actually ends up making the roster. And Dane, I just realized I miscounted. I actually do have nine, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I listed Royce Newman twice. Um, so folks might get mad at me. Uh, so I apologize. I've got nine, uh, on the offensive line, uh, with Bakhtiari, uh, Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, Tom, Walker, Nyman, Newman, Ryan, and Caleb Jones. So, um, I think the Packers, um, ultimately do keep Royce Newman. I know that a lot of fans have been frustrated with him the last couple of seasons, but, um, it would be really challenging if we've got an injury in the interior or all of a sudden Bakhtiari can't play. 
um, and we're a little bit thin or, or, or Tom has to bump inside. And then one, we're one, you know, one injury away from really being in a world of hurt. Um, so I think Royce Newman, uh, does, uh, based on the circumstances, he's got experience. He's played quite a bit. Um, so I think he ends up making this roster as well. And so I, I may, I need to make some amendments here. I'm going to let you talk, Dane, and, uh, make a recount because I might have to shift something else around, <laughs> but I've got nine on the offensive line. So, and, and, and so I've, my, I've got nine. I've got Bach. I got Zach Tom. I got Sheed, Rasheed Walker. Um, I got Yash. I got, uh, I got Myers at center. I got Sean Ryan. I've got Runyon. I've got Elton Jenkins. So that, that's my big nine. Um, I do not have Royce Newman on my final roster. Um, I think that he's plateaued a little bit. Um, nothing against Royce, who I think has been a really, you know, he, he's been a Packer, right? But, um, I, I thought that coming into his rookie year, he, he played some meaningful snaps and he's just had a hard time as the seasons progressed the last couple of seasons. So I'm, um, I'm going without Royce Newman on that. Um, I, I hear you. I, I, I've, I've heard the Yash Nyman, um, trade chatter. Um, but because of the Bakhtiari, um, you know, question marks, as you mentioned, you just, I have a really hard time trading good offensive tackles. It's just something I don't want to do. I'm when the backer shouldn't be in the business of doing that. We know how injuries go um, in, in this league. And I got to tell you, like, I've seen it some years, you've seen it some years where the Packers are down to their fourth and fifth offensive tackles, right? Like it just happens sometimes. I'm not, I'm not interested in week four, week five, we're down a couple tackles. Yash Nyman's helping somebody else out. That makes no sense to me. So, um, you know, I think that, um, that we roll with those nine. And I'll tell you, um, Sean Ryan has really taken a second year leap. So I'm really excited to see his progression. Big 75 there. Um, pretty, pretty, uh, challenging first season in Green Bay, but he's looked really, really strong. I think, um, all through camp. And then, um, you know, who's somebody that, I actually had on my roster for a minute and then I took off and I was doing the math. And, and this is kind of my, would have been somebody that I think would have been a, a big surprise is, um, James Empey, the, uh, the center, uh, that, that played down there at Duke. Uh, he's a little bit older. He's 26 years old, was on the Miami Dolphins practice squad last year, but I thought he had a really strong camp under the radar, but because he, uh, because of his age, because of, um, the fact that he primarily just quote unquote, just plays the center position and the Packers have so much value and more flexibility. I decided that James wasn't going to make sense. Now he could very easily become a practice squad guy, as could Cole Schneider, who was in camp last year, got hurt, but they were able to bring him back after a really good um, uh, um, offseason. I think he was with the USFL. Uh, Cole came back. Um, he's somebody that I think they like to see develop as well, who can play center and some of the guard spots. But again, I think the Packers go with nine to start the year, add a little bit of depth on the practice squad on the interior. Um, but just based on this roster, I'd be a little surprised if they went 10 this year. Although if they did, it would probably be a Royce Newman who would kind of uh, become the 10th guy on that offensive line. Yeah, for sure. And Dane, I'm, getting flustered apparently because i did have 10 i i don't know i was gonna say going i think on. you had to yeah because we had all the same guys and so i just recounted again i did have 10 so uh i i guess we're not doing math here uh this evening but um we're talking yeah, packers I, as long as you can as long as 10 equals seven wags i think we're good 
Yeah, I think, listen, with Royce Newman, I'm not super high on him at this point either. Um, and I think Sean Ryan has made a nice jump. So I feel a lot more comfortable with uh, Ryan being able to jump in there if you need to. And you could make the argument that because of the versatility that they have, if they're, if they're keeping Nyman, Caleb Jones, and Rashid Walker at tackle, even if Bakhtiari's out, and even if you've got an injury on the interior and Zach, Zach Tom needs to bump inside, you've got two other guys that you're comfortable jumping in there. So, um, I might have just, again, uh, based on the points that you made, talked myself out of the Packers keeping Rice Newman, but, um, I've got to stick with it. I put it on paper. So, um, we'll see what ends up happening here, uh, I think tomorrow. So, Dane, um, Let's jump over to the defensive side of the ball, uh, and I'm going to let you take the lead. This is going to be fascinating as well. I think we are going to finally – we've had a few deviations here on the offensive side, but um, why don't we start with the defensive line? And I think I've seen predictions with six. I've seen predictions with five. I think that um, it ultimately, I think with most projections, comes down to whether the Packers – decide to keep Jonathan Ford on the 53-man roster because uh, what we've seen with the other guys, um, obviously Kenny Clark, TJ Sladen, uh, Devontae Wyatt, um, Colby Wooden, and then uh, uh, Carl Brooks, look like uh, those young men uh, solidified on the roster, almost consensus at this point. So, um, Dane, I'm curious, uh, do you have agreement there um, and or um, where did you land as far as whether Jonathan Ford ends up making this 53-man roster as a sixth defensive lineman. Yeah, so I I completely agree, first of all. Those first five guys are locks. Um, Young guys just popped. Um, TJ Slayton's going to be super fun to watch this year, Uh, so look out for 93. He's going to be a wrecking ball. Devontae Wyatt is going to be really good. I I actually am really high on this defensive line group uh, across the board. Um, And I'll tell you what, I am – the reason I – I go light at wide receiver and I, I went light at tight end is because I went heavy at a couple other spots. And one of them is Jonathan Ford. Um, Jonathan Ford last year, I didn't think had necessarily a very impressive camp um, coming, coming in as a rookie and the Packers kept him on their 53 for the year. Um, so, so that tells me something about Jonathan Ford. And, and um, I, I just, I think about that. I look at the second year leap. If the team was a little nervous about Jonathan last year getting poached, um, they certainly got to be a lot more nervous this year about him getting poached if um, after what he's shown on tape all through the preseason and through training camp. Um, you can't the Packers defensive line for so long has been um, one where there's been, you know, holes, right, where we've allowed runs where we haven't been able to get the pressure. And I think Jonathan Ford is a run stopping NFL quality defensive lineman. And when you've got a young guy like that, that you've already invested an entire year in, you can't let that go to go see one of your division rivals, one of your NFC rivals, one of your AFC rivals benefit from what Jonathan Ford can do in this league. So I think the Packers are going to keep Jonathan Ford as a sixth defensive lineman. Um, and, and he's probably, I don't know how much run he's going to get early in the year, but again, this is a, a position of attrition. This is a position of, where injuries occur. It's a physical spot. And I think that the Packers want to see more out of Jonathan Ford. So I think he sticks. He's going to be the sixth defensive lineman for the Packers. Yeah. Um, I'm going to actually disagree with you a little bit on this one. And I'm, I went with the five. Um, and I, I like Jonathan Ford, but I just think the upgrade that they've made to the talent, uh, in that top five is such that they can, 
get by. Uh, you know, TJ Slayton looks like he's going to be the primary nose tackle. Uh, that bumps uh, Kenny Clark over. Um, and I think he can be more of a playmaker uh, in that uh, d- defensive line position. Um, and so if TJ Slayton comes out, Kenny can move back over to the nose. Uh, I think also something to keep an eye on, and we'll be talking about outside linebackers here shortly, but um, we've got some guys uh, in that outside linebacker group that can potentially slide inside, um, namely Lucas Van Ness, who played a lot of inside uh, uh, D-line at Iowa. And so I think, I don't know how many reps or snaps uh, a guy like Van Ness might get rotated into some D-line looks uh, in the regular season, but in a pinch, we know that he has the versatility to do that. Um, so I think it's, it just becomes kind of a luxury, uh, to think about Jonathan Ford being on this 53. He's not going to play special teams. I don't think he's going to get many snaps in a perfect world, um, on the defensive side of the ball. And so it just becomes a little bit similar to what Royce Newman might face on the offensive line, where you've got guys that have the versatility to move around to multiple positions on this defensive line now as well. Um, it's amazing that we're sitting here talking about this because uh, for for some years, it was a lot of Kenny Clark and who else is going to step up and, and be able to contribute in an impact way. Obviously, we had guys that played and played well at times, uh, but impact players were few and far in between on the defensive line. And I think we have the potential to have several impact players on this defensive line in addition to Kenny Clark going into this season. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. Uh, but um, as much as I like Jonathan Ford and and uh, hopefully they can stash him on the practice squad, he might get picked up by someone just because you can't teach size. Uh, and he's, this is a big man. Uh, but um, I think Packers are probably going to be looking elsewhere uh, because uh, they've got five guys uh, that they should be very, very confident in moving into the season. One of our rare disagreements. I I like it though. I like it. Um, you want to talk edge? Who you got at edge? Because that's another one where, um, you know, there's a lot of talk. How many can they actually keep? Do they keep five? Do they keep six? Yeah. Where, where where are you landing on this one? Yeah, and this is part of why I, I one big reason. I mean, you can mix and match multiple positions. You can go offensive line, you know, tight end, whatever. We've had different numbers uh, uh, so far, but. Um, ultimately I had six, uh, outside linebackers and the biggest question for me, uh, was Justin Hollins. Um, I really feel very, very good about Brendan Cox Jr. making this roster. Um, I, I, but I think ultimately Justin Hollins is someone that they really, um, they went out, signed him to a veteran contract this offseason. Um, I think he's a leader in that room with this young group. And uh, I think he was very productive on the field uh, at late last season. So uh, with even with Rashawn Gary coming back and looking like he's going to be ready to go for week one um, and with some promising breakout guys with Enoch Barre, uh, as it looks like he's primed to have a big season. Preston Smith is not someone that usually ever misses time, knock on wood. Um, so you expect uh, those guys to be out there and be able to con- contribute. Van Ness, I think, is definitely obviously going to be worked into the rotation. I'm excited to see uh, how he is able to, to develop and, and contribute over the course of this season as well. Um, but I think Justin Hollins is going to make this roster. And um, so I, I think they're going to carry six. Brendan Cox Jr., um, ultimately, I know he's an undrafted guy. Uh, just 
put a, a lot of positive tape out there. And this is a premium position, and he would have been a, a probably a mid-round pick if not for maybe some off-field issues that he had in college. Uh, but uh, he was a top-tier guy. I mean, you don't go and play for Georgia, and then uh, even after he had some challenges, going to play for Florida. Um, and uh, he's he's someone that's obviously uber-talented, came in with a clean slate as far as the Packers were concerned, and I think he really solidified and, and earned his way onto this roster. Um, so Justin Holland becomes the biggest question mark for me, but ultimately I think he's on this roster as well. The Packers end up carrying six edge uh, guys uh, on the 53. You, you said it all. Uh, you, exactly right. Uh, such a premier position, group two. I think, if anything, Justin Hollins could potentially be a trade target for somebody. But, like, do we really need, what, a sixth-round pick or something? I'd rather have edge depth, right? Like, yeah. that's what I want. I want edge depth. I love I love Justin Hollins' game. Um, in some previous years, we'd be, like, wishing to have any number of these guys. So let's just enjoy the ride with these guys. Um, we can work back, Rashawn. Um, you know, Lucas Van Ness, a young guy. Sometimes young guys get worn down early, you know, as the season progresses. So that that way you can maybe keep them off the, you know, off the field, work them in a little bit. Give me as many edge rushers as we can get and go hit the quarterback. So six for me too. And I'll be actually fairly disappointed if it's not those six. Yeah, for sure. Dane, how many inside linebackers do you have making this roster? This is a position that... I mean, I think there's been some years. Didn't we carry three one year a couple a couple years ago? And most most times there's four. Um, yeah. I think uh, most seasons, but um, it, it looks like there's a lot of projections out there with five inside linebackers. Um, especially with a uh, tree carpenter is kind of an interesting guy that might be right on the bubble, but um, it, with his switching from safety to inside linebacker during the off season. So, Dane, I, I'm really curious. Where did you land in the inside linebacker group? How many and, and who did you have uh, on your list for the 53? Yeah, I've got five. Um, I do have five. Um, so, um, I mean, the obvious ones, Campbell and Walker, are, are just locked in uh, in stone. Um, I, I think McDuffie is definitely a, a natural fit uh, for the third inside linebacker slot. Eric Wilson, who the Packers were able to get – Last year, um, partway through the year, or maybe right at the start of the season, I can't recall off the top of my head, but he's been a, a kind of a special teams ace for them. But don't forget, I mean, folks, he was a hundred, uh, um, tackle guy, uh, for the Minnesota Vikings as a starting defender at one point. So he's a guy who has football experience on the defensive side of the ball as well. Um, but I, I keep Tariq Carpenter. Um, they, they moved him for a reason. I think that they think that he's going to be more natural there. Uh, but, Maybe more importantly, and the reason he sticks on this roster is we got to see him last year uh, on special teams wags. And holy smokes, man, when they gave him an opportunity to get out there, 24 was crushing it. Uh, sometimes I had to double check and make sure it wasn't Jared Bush, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, those two, four, he was down there. Great coverage guy, big guy, right? That's why he's kind of that tweener between safety and linebacker. He's a big body, but man, he moves like a safety a lot. He runs like a safety. He's got those loose hips uh, and he can gun down there, make a tackle. He's really physical guy. So I, you see a guy like that, Wags, and I just go, you know what? 
you need to get another look at him. You want to have Tariq Carpenter. I just, I don't want it to be week nine and some team tears off a run, you know, a return. And I'm like, where's Tariq Carpenter? <laughs> like, why isn't he on the roster? He's a guy that I trust out there. And I think that he, he can build off of a, a rookie year uh, with some really strong play on teams in this next year as well. He'll suit up and he's healthy. He's a tough guy. Um, so Tariq Carpenter, I think the Packers have to keep five at the inside linebacker spot. Yeah, I had uh, the same five, Dane. And I mean, obviously, Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker are without question. So uh, hopefully Campbell is able to return to health here. So that might be um, soon. So that might be another uh, aspect of how many they decide to carry into the first week of the season. If Campbell's not ready to go um, in that first week, obviously he'll be on the 53, uh, but from a depth standpoint, they might need to make sure that they have five guys just for that alone. So, um, Dane, let's move then into the cornerback room. And and this gets a little interesting. We've got some young guys. Yeah. We've got some guys that were on the 53 last year. Um, and... I think it's obviously Eric Stokes. It looks like he's going to start the season on the, the physically unable to perform list. So he does not have to be rostered. It's not a situation where you have to roster, then move to the IR. Since he was never activated from the PUP, uh, he will be able to be kept there from the start of the season. That means he would be out the first six weeks. Uh, but I think that that was probably what we thought was going to happen all along. So I expect that that's going to be the route the Packers will take with uh, Stokes. Uh, and for that reason, I, I really think they keep um, everyone that they had uh, in addition to Stokes last year at that position group, in addition to obviously uh, Valentine. So I've got five with Alexander Douglas, Nixon, Valentine, and then Shamar John Charles. Um, John Charles uh, is uh, someone that Again, we talk about special teams all the time, and it might get a little bit redundant. I mentioned this last episode where if push comes to shove, they've got a lot of guys now that they got to really like on special teams. Um, so then it just becomes, all right, well, who's the better defensive player? Um, I know John Charles had a couple penalties uh, during the preseason um, and uh, maybe wasn't quite as strong as he was last preseason where I thought he really popped. Uh, but Honestly, just with his size and with his contributions on special teams and with his experience, I really have a lot of confidence in him as a, a defensive player uh, at cornerback as well. Um, I think he's been getting more looks uh, in, in the slot corner position. Um, so he is someone that early in the season could come in a, in a pinch, I think, and, and contribute on the defensive side of the ball in addition to his special teams contributions. So, uh, and then Valentine is also kind of getting uh, more reps inside as well. So um, I, I feel very confident um, with the way Valentine played. Uh, how can you not, not feel super confident uh, in what the Packers have with this cornerback group? So um, Dane, I don't know if you have any deviation, obviously uh, we've got some other guys uh, that uh, were, were really contributing and really pushing. So I think, you could probably go a few different ways on this, not only in the number, but um, in, in who's making this 53. So I'm curious where you landed with this group as well. Yeah, so a little bit of deviation um, on this one for me. And this was, you know, a lot of the roster was fairly easy, um, fairly, quote unquote. It's it's tough, some of these guys. But when I got to corner and safety is actually the hardest uh, part uh, for me, it just kind of determining who I thought would make the most sense uh, based on everything. And um, what I have is, um, and and um, our buddy Schmitty said it aptly, um, you know, 
He's like, my prediction, Jair Alexander's making the roster, right? So obviously Jair, Razul, uh, Keishon Nixon, all making the roster. That's a lock. Valentine was just so damn good, uh, all training camp long. Um, so that's four right there. Um, I actually have the Packers going six deep at corner um, to, to start the year um, without with Stokes being on the pup. I have, um, and I'm considering Innis Gaines a corner. Uh, in this, uh, not as a safety. So I don't know. Sometimes he's listed as safety. Sometimes he's listed as a corner. I'm listing him as a corner because I actually think that he can play some, um, some nickel, uh, for, for the Packers. I think that that's probably his most natural spot based on everything I've watched with him. So I have Innis Gaines, um, coming back from injury. I'm healthy enough to play in the last preseason game, was kicking rust off, but I have him and then I have Corey Valentine as my six. Um, so you, you mentioned, and I love Shamar. Uh, Gene Charles. I love him. And I hope that he's able to come back on the practice squad. But based on everything that I've seen um, and, and keeping special teams in mind as well, um, I just think it's Alexander, Razul, Nixon, Valentine, Gaines, Valentine. And 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 part of it is I, I'm looking at gunners. I'm wondering who's going to gun down there and who's going to cover. And I just I think Gaines, Valentine uh, are two guys that can really pop and do that. So um, I'm going six. And then Stokes comes back, and who knows what happens from there. I uh, can't wait for Eric Stokes to get back there. Um, but, yeah, and I and I thought about Shamar, but I just – I don't – based on how we're doing it, I like Gaines. He can play safety. He can play corner. I've kind of battled back and forth between those two, actually, quite a bit. Um, but at the end of it, I just think Innis Gaines, um, they probably like what they have in him uh, from, like, an overall approach a little bit more for the initial 53. Yeah, yeah, that's totally fair. And I think Keanu Thomas is also in the mix. And frankly, I thought he played really well. He played so good um, this year, yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, he's someone that if he doesn't make the 53, I really hope that they're able to keep him around on the practice squad as well, because he's someone that you have to be really confident in his ability to jump up and, and elevate to the 53 in a pinch and, and be able to contribute um, in multiple factors, uh, both special teams and if you really need to, he can get out there and I think he can cover. He's a little undersized, uh, I'll be honest. Probably not the fastest guy, a little bit undersized um, from from that standpoint. Uh, but honestly, he just gets out there and he's breaking up passes and, and I think he's uh, been really sound. So um, he's right there in it as well. I think worth mentioning uh, as a potential guy that, that they could end up sticking with as well. So yeah. And Wings, and real quick, like the lights come on and Keandre Thomas balls. That's there's something about that with him that I just really like. So um, I really hope he sticks as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's still in green and gold. So I'm just, I'm with you. Yeah, for sure. So I, I think again, we'll the last position since I think the rest of the specialists are pretty well set mm-hmm. as well um, as safety. So Dane, I didn't do the math in my head with where you are at numbers wise. Um, but I actually had gains still listed as a safety. Um, and, uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and just mention that I do have him on the 53 as well. Um, I, I think Ennis gains is, is just someone that because of his versatility, uh, as you mentioned, can play safety, can play nickel corner, um, is a key special teams contributor. I think they really like him, um, is, is someone that it makes sense to me. Uh, is going to be on this roster. So I had him in my number. Uh, I just had him at this safety position. Um, so I ended up going with five. And Dane, I think the guys that I decided to kept might be a slight surprise. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm, I think I'm probably going to be wrong on this, but I'm just going to go out ahead and, and say that 
the Pat O'Donnell release today, um, you know, obviously we feel Daniel Whelan went out there and earned it. So it wasn't just an age thing. However, uh, Pat O'Donnell was someone that Coach Bisaccia evaluated. He was available last offseason and they brought him in. Um, they're moving on. Uh, after one season and they're eating some of his salary. He's going to hit some dead cap. It's not a huge number, um, but there's some financial ramifications uh, and they were willing to do that and go with the younger guy. Um, so where I'm going here is I really, I'm not sure that Dallin Levitt is the lock for this 53 man roster mm-hmm. that most people that are making these projection projections seem to think he is. I understand that he's a core special teams guy. He uh, is really someone that Coach Passaccia has relied on, but he's 29 years old and in a safety position group that, quite honestly, um, you know, was open competition. He didn't even sniff uh, being part of that competition all throughout camp. And so I'm just wondering if Dallin, Le- Dallin Levitt is someone, if you can really afford, if you're the Packers, to carry someone like Dallin Levitt as a safety. Um, when there's a lot of question marks in this position group as it is. Um, certainly I, I really am excited to see Rudy Ford looks like he's going to get first crack at a starting opportunity, but, um, I was a little bit, um, uh, I don't want to say disappointed, but I was really hoping that not only would someone come in and clearly lock down a starting spot, but I was really hoping someone would, would push Darnell Savage for a starting position and nobody really even seemed to push him at all. This is a guy that lost his starting spot midway through the year last year. And he's almost by default, not only on the roster, but a starter. So that makes me a little bit concerned about the safety group. And it makes me a little bit concerned that the Packers would keep a guy like Levitt. And I'm just all respect to him as a player and a special teams contributor. They're going to be in a little world of hurt if they need to rely on him to go out there and play safety on the defensive side of the ball in the game. Um, so then it becomes, all right, well, you know, uh, a guy like um, Tiberius Moore, who is also a big special teams contributor, but it got hurt here towards the end of the camp. Um, you've got a guy like Jonathan Owens, uh, who started a lot of games for a, a bad Texans team, albeit last year. Um, had his opportunities, didn't run away with the opportunity, but I think it can step in and probably contribute at a little bit of a higher level on the defensive side of the ball if you need him to uh, at that safety position. Um, and then a guy like uh, Johnson, who's a young guy, I think, coming in, uh, and uh, I think the, the Packers really like him, maybe isn't quite as ready, but probably has a little bit more upside uh, for down the road. So um, ultimately, Dane, I, I landed on Savage, Ford, Owens, Johnson, and Gaines uh, for my five at the safety position uh, with uh, Levitt and Tavarius Moore getting cut. Um, but I, I think there could be a lot of different iterations of this. I'm probably going to be wrong on Levitt. So this might be a little bit more what I think they should do versus what I think will happen. I'm more concerned about the defensive side of the ball than I am about special teams. I think the Packers actually have a lot of really good special team players on this 53-man roster at this point. So um, I, I would be more concerned with having uh, as many guys in this position group that you feel at least feasibly comfortable with rolling out there um, on the defensive side of the ball if you need to. I get it. 
I totally hear that. Um, I have Levitt making my roster, uh, but I hear it. And I actually, it's funny you say that. I had him circled uh, when I was going through this, and this is why it got so hard because I, I agree um, uh, to, to a large extent with, with what you're saying. Um, but I have Savage. I have Rudy Ford. I have Owens. I have Down Levitt. And, and then here's where it gets interesting. I have more making the roster, but I know he's dealing with an injury right now. Um, I've got to wonder how serious that injury is. I've heard that this could be like a first four week type of injury situation. I wouldn't be surprised based on the rules. And this is where it gets a little in the weeds. If you put a guy on the IR um, during training camp, they're done for the year. If you hold them for the first day and then throw them on the IR, they go on the IR, you can call them up a little bit later in the year and you can add somebody. So what I'm getting at, I think it's Savage. I think it's Rudy. I think it's Owens. I think it's Down Levitt. I think it's Moore. But I think that Moore could very, very possibly be a IR candidate after the initial roster, opening another roster spot then for somebody else, whether it's Johnson, who I think we both like. Johnson's going to be in Green Bay unless he gets poached. He's either going to be on the practice squad or on this roster, I think. Um, but I think that it's going to open up that swing, and that could be where another tight end comes in. That could be where a number of other things come in. But for for the uh, sake of this, you know, what we're doing here, the 53, I have more. But I really think he's a prime, prime IR candidate guy. Yeah, actually, I really agree with you because I was kind of thinking about going that route as well. Um, and uh, as you talk it out, I was thinking it, and I think as you talk it, you're 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 making a lot of sense for why the Packers might go that route. Uh, so, um, all right, well, Dane, we've got all of our predictions in on paper, so uh, I love it. We were not unanimous. I was really surprised where some of the uh, spots that we predicted the same. I'm not surprised that we had some deviation. Um, so we'll tally it up and see how we do tomorrow. And folks. If you have any other predictions and want to give us grief for how well we did or didn't do, feel free to go ahead and keep connecting us with us on social media. Um, always a fun podcast to get into. A little bit challenging because we can get a little nitpicky on guys, but that's just the nature. If we're going to be transparent about or honest about doing this exercise, it just is what it is. We've got to give an evaluation. So, um, Dane, uh, any other closing thoughts, though, before we sign off here for this evening? No, it's just, it, I, I cuts, it's tough, right? These guys gave it, gave it their all, all off season, right? And, um, just, I got a lot of respect for every single guy, all 91 guys actually, um, because we have the exemption with Kenny, uh, with Kenneth over there. So, um, you know, they all gave it their all. Um, hate to see some of these guys leave. Uh, but I think that I, I have a lot of faith in this coaching staff and it's going to be a lot of fun. I think to see who this initial Packer roster is going to end up being, um, you know, and then remember folks, we talk about practice squad. There's 16 other spots, um, which, which for all intents and purposes is the roster, right? I mean, those guys get called up, they come down. You're going to see a lot of those guys come in there. So keep an eye. Don't be surprised if just because guys are cut, they don't end up back in Green Bay awful quick within 24 hours of that cut. Um, so a tough day. But it's a necessary one, and then just we're one day closer to Green Bay Packer football coming up just a, a little over 10, 12 days away. For sure. So, all right. Well, folks, I think we're going to sign off here with that. As always, be legendary and go Pack Go! go. Pack, go. 
Every year I know we gonna go hard We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't show with no mercy cutting no slack no I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck Only thing I will say